Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, it's Becky. On this quick shot of romance, Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie are joining us for a special Corset and Crowned edition. We hope you're enjoying our Corset and Crown editions of the podcast. Please make sure you leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And happy listening! Hello, and welcome to this episode of Corset and Crown with myself, Lady Sadie, and my cohort, Duchess Katie. Hi! What are we reading today, Duchess Katie? Today, we are talking about The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. Um, we're doing, since it's October, we're doing some uh, some historical romance that have either a spooky or paranormal kind of element to it, you know, to get to get into the feel of the season, spooky season. So I love we went with one that, that claims ghosts right off the jump. <laughs> all right, tell us what it's all about. All right. So this synopsis of the book is from Goodreads. A young widow restores a dilapidated mansion with the assistance of a charming eccentric genius only to find the house is full of dangerous secrets in this effervescent Gilded Age debut novel. It's 1875 and Alva Webster has perfected her stiff upper lip after three years of being pilloried in the presses of two continents over fleeing her abusive husband. Now his sudden death allows her to return to New York to make a fresh start restoring leaf dweese we think is how it's pronounced, Leaf Dweese, a dilapidated Hyde Park mansion, and hopefully her reputation at the same time. However, fresh starts aren't as easy as they seem as Alva discovers when stories of a haunting at Leaf Dweese begin to reach her. But Alva doesn't believe in ghosts. So when the eccentric and brilliant professor Samuel Moore appears and informs her that he can get to the bottom of the mystery that surrounds Leaf Dweese, she turns him down flat. She doesn't need any more complications in her life, especially not a handsome, convention-flouting, scandal-raising one like Sam. Unfortunately, though, Alva is loath to admit it. Sam, a pioneer in electric lighting and a member of the nationally adored Moore family of scientists, is the only one who can help. Together, the two delve into the tragic secrets breathing Alva's new home while Sam attempts to unlock Alva's history and her heart. It's uh, it, like, like I said at the beginning, it's set in the Gilded Age in New York City, and it's a de- uh, debut by Diana Biller. Um, it's got a Victorian Gothic flair and an intrepid and resilient American heroine guaranteed to delight readers. This is a little bit of an older release. It's a couple years out of date. It's not a new release. Uh, Biller does have an October release, which is the sequel to this one, but this is a couple years old. What are our tropes, though? There's, there's some great tropes in here. Yes. Um, as, as you heard in the synopsis, Alva's a widow. So it's a perfect widow and bloom scenario. Um, Sam is such a cinnamon roll. Oh my gosh. He's pure cinnamon roll. I called him a golden retriever hero. Yes. He's very he, floppy and happy. And he, and he is just the, oh my gosh. I love him down to his mismatched socks. Yeah. He is brilliant and reflective and kind and he just is head over heels from the moment he meets her and I just love it and he's got like no chill also he definitely is a no chill hero he's a no chill golden retriever and this is very much to like one of my favorites it's a sunshine grump where he's the sunshine and she yes yeah 
they're um, also both fully formed adults like yes. this, they aren't young they right. both had hard things happen in their life and mm -hmm. they've both had these like deeply personal moments and deeply sad moments and for yeah. alva we're gonna go right out of the bag there are some serious content warnings for this story yeah uh, frequent uh, frequent mentions of spousal abuse blackmail and toxic family um but this is so much about like moving on and being your own person after tragic events and i just mm -hmm. loved it um okay what are, what are our thoughts other than golden retriever hero <laughs> um you know i i i did not know what to expect i've seen this book all over bookstagram and the range of my friends who loved it i was like okay no matter what i'm gonna enjoy this book because if it grabbed people who prefer uh darker and angstier and all that kind of stuff they we know what our friend Gigi loves and then we also know what my what our friend Maisie likes and yeah. they're both so wildly different in their preferences um you know sometimes they link up and stuff I'm not going to say that they all they only like one thing all the time but in knowing how different they tend to be yeah. with their preferences I was like okay they both love this book I'm good I'm I have to read it at some point so I mean, yeah. I've seen it floating around and I honestly, I had no idea what to expect. I, this is one of those books I did not try and like find anything out about. I just heard you will love Sam, Alva's a badass and uh, ghosts. That's pretty much all I knew going into this. <laughs> so um, ah, what a rich story though. Like oh I just kind of felt There's like- so much in it. And it's, I did not, I couldn't anticipate. Uh, yeah really so, I yeah. don't know how many times I stopped and I was just like this book is so good I was like taking mm -hmm. pictures of it and like writing myself notes on the side yes. like it was just um I loved Gilded Age isn't done very often I think Joanna Shoup is the only other author I've read any real Gilded Age stories from maybe mm -hmm. Alyssa Cole um mm -hmm. But so this is a Gilded Age book and I have seen this around and I was like, this is not a romance. Look at this thing. This looks like women's right. fiction, one perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I was so wrong. This was a beautiful romance, but it's also just a beautiful story. Story. Um, See, this, is a really, this is a really good example of like history and story without ruining the romance. Yes. <laughs> if you've listened to our one of our last episodes, you might have heard um, how we felt about Scotsman, which was still a good book. Yes. A little too heavy on history. This one mm -hmm. is definitely doesn't get bogged down in the history of the story. There's also just this beautiful family, the Moore family, which I just adore every member of, and they steal the scene anytime they show up on the page. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just brilliant and kind and I just, I really loved it. Um, mm -hmm. I also, I didn't know there were ghosts. <laughs> so, so I started reading this book and I was like, wait, what is happening? It's yes. very, it's a Gothic vibe. And I, mm -hmm. it was my first Gothic romance that I've read okay. that I, that wasn't like, I knew it going in. Um, yeah. And it's really, really beautiful. The yeah, language because, is beautiful. It's mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I just like, I did not know where it was going to go. I was like, is, is this like a specter? Is this like a one? Cause I, I don't like scary things at all. And I am easily spooked. Uh, 
so I was just like, okay, what is this going to be like? What is like, what is going to happen here? Like they even brought up, um, you know, talking about like old hauntings and things like that. Like the ghost stories that you quote unquote know. And the only scary thing that I've ever liked is Supernatural, which is really not that scary. The show with Jared and Jensen, like, you know, it went on for 15 years and they do a lot of folklore in it. So in my mind, I'm, you know, recalling all of these old like episodes and scenarios of what to do when there's a ghost haunting an area. And when they're, you know, their haunting extends beyond where you believe it should, you know, all this other stuff. So I'm like, it was so easy for me to suspend my belief because I had heard it and seen it in a different way before. So I was like fully immersed in this book. Um, And that's how I knew too, that for me, it was a complete winner because you know, I was able to just like, I felt like I was sitting there having the conversation or like just with Sam and Alva or whoever was in the scene, you know, I was just like, I was just like sitting there like observing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. This is good. (laughs) Um, It had some really rich history, not only talking about like, which I had to look up because dates in my brain, not great. Uh, It references the civil war. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, no, that's not. And it, yeah, he was a medic. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And um, Sam talks about having been forced to make armaments and how that haunts him. Um, but also it talks about institutionalism and yes. hiding away family members that don't fit and how that so mirrored Alva's life of her parents just abandoning her mm-hmm. to this incredibly horrific man. Mm-hmm. And it's just it was, that was super intense for me. Um, I also am so curious because I haven't gotten to finish the next one in the series. Um, it sort of is the Paris side of the story and um, what's happening in Paris during the, not the revolution, but sort of yeah. the turn of the century. And she references living in Montmartre and living this like crazy artist life and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really fascinated to see if that really comes up in the next one as well. Um, but the ghost, it is a little spooky. It's a little spooky, it especially is. towards the end. Especially when you figure out like what's actually happening, like as far as the ghost goes, because it's not like you're not going to get a white sheet floating into your house. Like that's not what yeah. this is, you know, it's, it's so much more intense. There's, it's so much more detailed, um, as somebody who is afraid again of many things, <laughs> like I, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, okay, this seems way more plausible than any other kind of like ghost story. So I'm like, okay, I'll remain very far away from haunted things or supposed haunted things. <laughs> I also really like um, sort of the parallel story of like, there's the haunting, but then there's being haunted by your own past. Right. And when those things collide in Alva, it's really fascinating. And I also love when she references the house is warmer when Sam is there because he's just Mm -hmm. full of light and he's the light and the sunshine and the darkness for her. And it's so beautiful. I also deeply love that. You're right. He has no chill. The dude climbs in a window. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's just got zero chill about anything. uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. I'm coming. Don't worry. Don't think about it. I'm coming. Like, uh, and I, and I get like some, like, I get some serious, like absent-minded professor vibes oh, yeah. from him too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like, always, he has an idea and he needs to write it down or he needs to sketch it out. And I just like, yeah. 
I love when somebody can be that aloof about something about life or ideas, but can be so attuned and paying attention to their partner. You know, I mean, it's just like, he wants to figure out how to lace her boots faster. faster like, yeah. like the details right in this book. <laughs> it's like oh that must take you forever think how many days you lose tying up your boots how many hours and yeah because he primed himself untying his boots like right away also um he I love at the beginning of the book when um when Alva meets his family and they're talking yes. about how successful and wonderful his parents are and she knows who they are she finally it together Alva recognizes who the famous Moore family is and he talks about how successful his parents are he's like my mom is actually like way more brilliant but she's a woman so like Sam is also very aware of the short he's absent-minded but very aware at the same time like he just decides if something doesn't matter like when he's when he's at dinner with the investors and they want him to do something and he just spaces out because he's like this is boring to me <laughs> and that's no when he catches interest. and he then i'm Alva just gonna stare like, at this very pretty woman in the red dress <laughs> yes. this is much more interesting yes he's got priorities our sam does he does matching he does. his socks does not is not a priority mm-hmm. no um i also love the found family vibes like his yes. friend henry who is henry. obviously adopted and must have a tragic backstory so therefore i will love him and um, I hope we get his story because I think the next book is is um, Benedict, Sam's brother. Benedict is um, brightest star in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so that's the brilliant doctor brother. Yes. Uh, but it's, I'm very excited. Yeah. But um, I do want, I do think this is one of my favorite sunshine heroes mm-hmm. because he also never is the pushover. Like people assume he's a pushover, yeah because of how kind he is and I deeply love when there was a sunshine hero or heroine or just anyone who people assume is going to be easy to manipulate and easy to push around because they're kind Mm -hmm. and that is not how it goes and I love that because just because you're kind doesn't mean you're a pushover and you don't see that a lot like I know when people assume that I'm overly nice is that I'm a doormat and I loved that Sam wasn't a doormat at any Mm -hmm. time right he didn't push Alva but he also didn't give up and he was trying to be in her corner all the way and like when she's threatened he is low-key feral he's a grumpy dog he's a grumpy golden retriever (laughs) and he's got a he's got some good self-awareness because towards the end of the book he wanted to solve all of her problems for her but for her Mm -hmm. she needed to sort her shit out on her own and didn't want to drag him into it this is of course like the whole you know I don't want to say third act breakup but I mean it is but it's not essentially it is almost a third act breakup yeah but it's not so dramatic that you, it gets drug on for so long you know it's just kind of like she wants to do things on her own and in her own time and she does not want to have like she has she's always had to rely on somebody else who has always fucked her shit up so yeah. you know it's it's you know and him coming to finally realize that like, he listens to her because he gets so going in his own mind that he wants to just keep steamrolling forward but he's not going to steamroll anybody to get there it's yeah. just it's this very delicate balance and yeah. I think Diana Biller did such a good job 
of keeping Sam pure and good yeah and not too pushy so yeah I think suffice to say we both love this book we did yes. we definitely loved this book um yes I also thought it was closed door. It is not. Uh, Gigi said that she gave me a lifetime guarantee that she will never suggest a closed door (laughs) romance. Um, But it's not like overly steamy, but there is definitely love scenes and they're so beautiful because it definitely shows the difference between sex and making love. Yes. And um, also Sam is bound and determined to make her enjoy it. And it's a good time for everyone. Yes for everybody involved <laughs> um who we think would like this well we've said like the whole gamut of people like this book right I honestly like this would be especially because of the way the cover looks um I think this could grab the attention of literally anyone um it is a romance it's set in the gilded age so it's a little newer in time you know so we're and we're in New York City um you know I think, I think this would be a beautiful book for somebody to cut their teeth, um, yeah. with romance. Um, I, and I, I don't think that I, there's enough of the history in it too, where it's like, uh, it is, it is a historical romance. Um, but it's not so much so that you're caught in the minutia of rankings and pronunciations and of, of marquee and, you know, yeah. all that kind of, you know, all, ballrooms and things like that so but it's a little twistier it's a little darker so it's not yeah it's not all like sunny ballrooms in London or anything like that but I think it I think it would be uh I think it'd be great for anybody to yeah this I think it's a, a good great book to start yeah I think it's a good book to start romance a good book to start historic romance on it's um good if you want to try something a little darker if you're more of a rom-com reader and you want to try something I would say try this not like a Kerrigan burn which is very dark Mm -hmm. um but I would even say like if you tend towards the darker books like I do this is still it's still a little heavier it's Mm -hmm. not a total rom-com yeah um and I'll say them one more time, just so we're clear, because there are some content warnings, Mm -hmm. institutionalism, toxic family, um, frequent mentions of abuse, uh, and blackmail. Um, And yeah, just take care of yourself, readers. Um, Yes. What are you reading right now, though, Duchess? Um, I am actually rereading uh, Lenora Bell's uh, second book in her School for Duke series, um, I can, it's for the Duke size only. This is a, uh, uh, Indiana Jones, James Bond, historical romance, retelling, gender swap, just brilliance. <laughs> um, I am reading Erica Ridley's soon to be released Perks of Loving a Wallflower. It's a sapphic romance. And I think there's some be gay do crimes vibes. And we all know how I feel about that. <laughs> yes. Didn't we talk about that with Lenora when she was on? We talked about that one coming yeah. out and we talked yeah. about the cover. So it's yes. so pretty. All right. Yes. Well, until next time, listeners, give us, I'm a, Duchess, give us a follow. I'm Duchess Katie and uh, this is Lady Sadie and we will be talking about a wolf in Duke's clothing next time. <laughs> Finally got her to read Paranormal. <laughs> yes. I don't know what took me so long. Anyways, until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.